0: Welcome to the Legends of Iron. I'm John Anderson. Meet my co-hosts, Nick Best and Aki Williams. We're going to have some amazing guests on the show. Buckle up tight because we're going to be talking about the shit you're not supposed to be talking about. We're going to be discussing anything and everything it takes to become a Legend of Iron. Legends of Iron is brought to you by Muscle Mets. The creator of Carnivore. Carnivore is the most powerful beef protein on the planet. Welcome to another edition of Leathers of Iron's. I am John Anderson. With me always, my partners in crime, Nick Best and Akim Williams. Unfortunately, Akim is on the way to India to do some guest appearances. He won't be here today, but it doesn't matter because we have got a guest for you, let me tell you. We have got an exciting guest for you today. This guy is one of my favorite ever bodybuilders for a number of reasons. Number one, he just fucking crushed shit. For over a decade, if there was a big contest and he was there, he was in the mix if he wasn't winning the motherfucker. The second thing is this guy was fucking strong. And we're talking not just strong. We are talking fucking cock strong. He's moving weights around most people would dream about. And then finally, my favorite reason is because this dude was the bad boy of bodybuilding, the rock star of bodybuilding, partying all night, showing up to a contest, and still winning the motherfucker. Chris <laughs> Cormier, Chris Cormier, the real deal. Welcome to the show. What's going down, my brother?
1: What's up, baby? How you doing, brother?
0: Oh, man, I'm really excited. I'm so excited to have you on the show, brother. You've been one of my favorites from the jump, man. I got to tell you. You know, <laughs> the, you, the, way, the way that you were able to do what you did <clears throat> was amazing. But then when you look a little deeper, and you see, you know what you were doing while you were actually at the top—fucking amazing, bro. I know, I know. In your in your, your movie, you talked about there was a couple of year period where you were really in partying deep, but you were still winning three shows a year, which is absolutely crazy. So, you know, every, everybody knows you're 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 a legend, you're a hall of famer, you're you're one of the top of the top. But what I don't think people quite understand is that you were burning the candle on both sides so let's start off talking there was a few years where you were partying like every day most of the week and yeah still it was
1: yeah it was it was uh uh thanks for having me on the show by the way uh appreciate absolutely, it absolutely, uh, brother yeah so yeah i mean that's i mean the, the only thing with that is like it was it wasn't my entire career or anything like that but it was it was a strong two years from uh, 99, 2000, 2001 that, you know, things were a little hairy, you know, to say the least. <laughs> and uh, it was and you, were uh, winning,
0: you were winning the Ironmans at this point, too. You were winning oh yeah, you oh the yeah. Ironman we, four, four years in a row. Oh,
1: yeah. You were Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Uh, and I, yeah. and I, I was just mad at the end that I didn't do it more while I was here because, you know, on that stage, you know, I was – it really brought out the most of my physique and even though I didn't win the Olympia, it was a lot of Olympians, winner Olympian winners that I beat in that Ironman show, you know, from Ronnie to, to Jay, uh, Dexter, uh, they all didn't, they all placed behind me in that Ironman show before. So that's one thing I wish I would have did more I actually saw John Balick this past, weekend at the uh, expo here in san diego so i took a photo with him and uh that was that that was uh you know we were just talking about the old times because he would never make me sign a contract to show up at the show i just called him uh-huh. on the phone and say say john i'm coming to the show he said all right i'll <laughs> see you there and then <laughs> i'll jump yeah. up go down there and kick some ass and come back <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez.
0: laughs> uh, so i i saw i believe it was iron man you you won obviously and you're giving a little speech afterwards and you're telling everybody hey i know everybody knows that i party and have fun but i also work hard Then you went into talking about you were going to go basically start off the cheesecake Factory. i think you said you were going to you you were going to run the city you were going to hit all yeah. the clubs in the city so so, yeah. so real quick kind of help us understand because there's people that they they, they go have fun and then there's people that have a little more fun. And then there's the Chris Cormier's that are just blowing the fucking, the top <laughs> off of the night. So help us understand here. I mean, cause obviously you talked about obvious, you know, partying. There's a lot of levels of partying. You, you talked about alcohol. You talked about drugs. You even talked about having a new vein issue. So tell yeah. me you went, you win a contest, describe the next 12, maybe 24 hours.
1: <laughs> that depends if I won or lost. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> if I, you know,
0: yeah
1: for instance like uh, right after the show even before the show i had a i mean i had it would be like 20 to 30 people in my room and this is Holy you know God. getting ready for the show you know there's guys and girls oh. there some people are some people are partying some people are posing some people are showing their physique or whatever uh, we getting we getting dressed to go out for the night, but I I'd, I'd be in an entourage of twenty people on average until things settled down. But it was at least twenty people around me uh, on the average when I would go. But let's say at the Mandalay Bay um, right after show I was very happy nineteen ninety nine, uh, but but getting ready for the show, and uh, I was flying to Vegas every weekend up until five weeks out. Just to go out there and dance and and you know just start getting on the stage and controlling the crowd you know doing a little dancing a little posing you know pants to my ankles shirt off that type of thing and that that (laughs) was that was like a norm for me you know so a lot of times people saw me out i was probably in my underwear at most of these clubs around the world not just in america It was just my thing, you know. <laughs>
0: it a and, and you're partying for like a couple of days here sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's not a yeah, just, yeah. you're not I you're mean, not you're not going out for the night. I mean, you're 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 loading up and you're fucking going for it. I mean, Describe, that was I mean, my
1: release. That was my release, man, because you know, I had a lot of pressure on me. I I mean people don't understand the pressure you put on yourself personally, but then you have fans that's putting pressure, they want to see you do well. You got uh sponsorships sponsors I want to see you do well and that pushed you to compete. Sometimes I didn't want to compete, but I had to compete. I was invited to the Arnold Classic. I was invited, you know, I, I was qualified for the Olympia. So every six months I'm doing five or six shows. I'm doing 10 shows a year. So people who think I was I um, it's I didn't win the Olympia because I had party. No, and that's not the reason. You know, if you want to if you want to put the fact that I was actually really burning my candle at both ends yeah. to where I couldn't really I couldn't really uh, have a lot of downtime. So I, needed, I wanted release in my mind to be free of no thoughts, of no care in the world, just having a good time. And that's the way I was doing it, you know. And I was, uh, I'd go from, let's say, after Arnold Classic. They had a, they, they, I stopped going to the banquet, after-party banquet thing they have with Arnold. And I just go straight to the club. Sometimes I have my clothing pants <laughs> on because I know I'm taking these pants off, and I know I'm taking this shirt off. So <laughs> I just <laughs> I just, oh my I just God. get the color off and get my ass to the club. And then as soon as I get to the club, no drink, no not, nothing. Just as soon as I hit the door, I'm up on the stage, and I got my clothes off, and I'm just doing my thing. I mean, a lot of times I see like Ronnie in the audience. I see like, Ronnie at the club, and Ronnie just he was sitting there like, damn boy, you are killing yourself, <laughs> cracking me up right now. But I had a couple of after parties that I that Ronnie and the, all the all the crew, you know, different bodybuilders went there and stuff. And you know, back then, you know, people are pretty free. You know, a lot of the chicks that I was with in my group, they're they're and they're topless at the show, at the game, at the party, whether it's a club or a house party. Uh, uh. You see, uh, like I say, i would just, i was just free, free, just free living, and uh, I mean, you're winning, you're awesome win
0: it's, it, your win, it's hard to argue with your
2: formula.
1: To, you know what I mean? Hard, yeah, in exactly. that moment, what how are you, you gonna say? How do you turn it off?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: How do you turn that off? When you're having a good time, you're collecting checks, you're going from, you know, you're like, one day I'm here. Oh I want to fly to Amsterdam tomorrow you know something like that and I go hang on Amsterdam for a few months or Australia for a few months uh, went to uh I was in uh, even Ireland for a few months uh, uh, for a couple of years I've done that too but I've been you know at the time I was just going with whatever and I was as soon as I'm done with a competition i'm I'm just want to be. Out of my mind for for a little bit, just to just to break out the monotony of of the constant training. There have been a lot of times, a lot of holidays where I was in uh, in contest form, Con- contest form, fully to where I have no holiday. You know, I just buy whatever is mm-hmm. necessary to treat or with the presents. Daddy's in the gym. You know. Yeah. You know, yeah. When, I, when I became a father, everything was it was like right in the middle. I remember. I remember uh, getting ready for the 98 Olympia and I was just about to walk out the door to go and compete. And I was in Madison square garden. Uh, and I just about to walk out the door. That's, that's like when the phone would ring in the hotel room, you would pick it up like back in those days. So I picked up the hotel <laughs> cell phone, <laughs> uh, you know, the phone and I, I pick it up and say, Hey, they say, um, I'm pregnant. And, uh you're going to be a father, you know, 9 months from now. 9 months from that that phone call he came exactly the day that the doctor said. And uh oh, wow. So yeah, so I was like hold on, I got I got to a- <laughs> I'll talk to you later. So that's <laughs> I went down to compete at the I took 6th in at Olympia. Uh left straight from there, went when we went straight to the clubs and I'm like really in limelight with uh mm mm-hmm. uh, exit we were going to bounce around the different clubs in new york uh sound Factory is my favorite in new york that was my absolute favorite and uh yeah um so i so i left there and i'm in i remember i was in one of the clubs and i was like man i gotta i gotta get going guys i gotta go it was like nine o'clock in the morning and uh, everyone was like, no, like, stay, man. Like, we, we, we still got some more partying to do. I said, I got a photo shoot to do. So I, so I was, like, literally oh, late for my photo Christ. shoot. And I'm in the club. <laughs> so, I, so I took a cab to the hotel and grabbed some things. And they were already waiting outside the hotel. Uh, that was with Brian Moss. And he was, like, one of the top uh, creative uh, photographers back, uh, you know, when I was competing. So he... Uh, they were waiting out there with an RV, so I jumped in the RV, still filming the night before, and went straight to a photo shoot in which I was, uh, you know, falling asleep in between takes. Sometimes falling asleep listening to him to see what we were going to do next. We had changing all the different costumes and stuff, so I would just, like, fall asleep <laughs> the whole day. So I will just have my eyes closed, and then I'd open them, and then everyone's looking at me <laughs> like I'm totally asleep, like right in the middle of the whole photo shoot. It was some great um, shots though, but I, I pulled it off, but man, you know, <laughs> it it was just um, like that, you know.
0: That's crazy, brother. I know during this wow. time, you know, especially in your documentary, you talked about, you know, obviously there was a lot of a lot of partying the drugs, and you talked about new bane and some different stuff that was going on during that time. How do you feel this stuff? What how do you feel that it helped you or hurt you so to
1: speak when you were competing? Obviously, uh, you know I mean it's just it just, um, I would just say, you know, when you're a bodybuilder, when you're a competitive person, you're taking things for everything. You're taking things to get bigger, taking things to get leaner, taking things taking to get stronger, pain. you're taking things yeah. for pain. So it was nothing yeah. different to mm-hmm. me from what I was, yeah. this is what I got to do and I got to do it. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I got to do because this is my goal. And this yeah. is this is what I signed up for—is to do whatever it takes to make it happen.
0: And it just you know, so, so happens that some of those some of those substances made for a great party,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So oh, not, yeah. So
1: that's yeah. So then I was just like, uh, you know, between that and you know, coming off the drugs of a competition itself can leave you. A little uh sorry about that, my kids. <laughs> uh so no would leave you, some of those things would leave you uh oh my god.
0: No worries, brother. Don't sweat it. We sorry. all got
1: lives to deal. We all got yeah, lives man. to deal with, you know. <laughs> that's baby mama <laughs> calling through too. too. <laughs> that's the one that's the one <laughs> who called me on the phone when I was going to go. To the she, made, she made a came- she made a cameo.
0: It's just in time, man. You're still doing
2: it. Shit. <laughs> Both <laughs> of them. you still doing it. Again. <laughs>
0: uh, that's tough. I love it.
2: it. Let's get hey, it's to keep, her. <laughs> 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 Oh That's good
0: shit,
1: man. So you were uh, saying that sometimes the drugs yeah, yeah, off, some, coming some, off a competition. Yeah, you're getting depressed. You want to feel... Better, but but you know, a lot of a lot of bodybuilders went through things they don't really talk about it. I know, but a lot I'm sure I uh, share the same sentiment. A lot of a lot of a lot of competitor c- competitive uh, sport uh, categories they they probably experienced that stuff, you know. So it was it was like I think for the most point of I would get up to two hundred and ninety some pounds in between shows, and I think. At that time i'm more relaxed because i only have like a month of relaxation to before i get ready before it's time to start getting ready to gear it up for another show and a lot of these shows like i said i didn't want to do but i had to do because i had a uh, I had uh i was in well i was with weeder at the time and i was just starting to leave weeder and i was just starting to go with uh muscle tech um they're me and, you know, taking me out to lunch and <laughs> doing whatever special little things they could do to get my attention to be like, hey, man, we, we want to sign you and be real serious about it. So I started adding stuff on the on the cart for uh, if you really <laughs> want me, how about if you really yeah. want me so yeah. on these first class seats? If you really want me, give me four Ooh. years instead of that one, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So a lot of that. Uh, but I, as far as putting on more mass in the, in that small, I never really had an off season, so I think yeah. that was the biggest thing that kept me from progressing even more. So, and also the style of training I was doing, I was I was going, I'm doing like five twenty five on the incline for for about uh, uh, two reps. I do like I was doing like five hundred for four, but on a day on like every time I went to the gym for a chest or something like that, I was I was. I wasn't maxing out, but I was definitely going pretty heavy. You know, two hundred pound dumbbells and stuff like oh, that. You, dude, so, you were moving around. Yeah, that big was my favorite
2: things to watch. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're I,
0: strong. I love they're that. Strong, and then they're strong. I mean, yeah. you, you got you got professional strength athletes that would make those claims, and you were body. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know? So I was, I was so like when we did a lift myself and. Um, uh, Rico McClendon and Flex Wheeler we would have the gym have to have half the the room most of the room and half of the, the other room would be watching that lift because back back in those days you know people did those type of lifts and goes gym people wanted to see it they wanted to witness it mm-hmm. you know and that was that was basically every time we went into the gym it was something like that yeah so. yeah <clears throat> Well, brother,
0: I'll tell you, man. You, you, your story is amazing because most people, obviously, myself as a bodybuilder, I play by all the rules, man. I'm going to sleep on time. I am <laughs> by eight o'clock. I do all the things, all the
1: things necessary,
0: and, and they couldn't even. Come I was close never it. you know what I mean? And I that,
1: still and, can't sleep and, though. And, I, I, and I,
0: most, but,
1: but I used to bounce. <laughs> I was a bouncer at Roxbury. So that's when the whole thing with the Tyson and the whole everything happened with him and the whole, mm-hmm. so he came through there with his his little Tell bullshit. us that story,
0: bro. Tell us that story. That's a good yeah, one, man. The, you Mike, Tys- tell you the Mike Tyson story. That's pretty oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, you got to tell us that's the Mike really Tyson cool. story. <laughs> oh, man, I
1: was, this is like 1992. I was I was training for the Mr. USA for those those periods of time. I was around 23, 20, 24 years old. And I, you know, I came out of, uh, I got introduced to him that day because his whole crew came in there and uh, it was about maybe about 20 guys with him and his neck was like this. And it was like, I remember he was sitting there and he was like, it was like a line of girls. And back then everyone had a little black book back in the nineties, the but this guy had a yellow pad, those yellow Pad my like, <laughs> like a little black. <laughs> it's a true story, dude. It's a true story. <laughs> and it was a whole line of girls out the VIP room waiting in line to give him his phone number. Uh, you know, and contact information. So I know for a fact this guy never raped anybody, that's for damn sure, for one. <laughs> <laughs> they were throwing it at him. He didn't have to, you know. So Yeah. So then um I went to it was the the club was over. Um I was there um standing by his limo. He had a limo, a limo a limousine, uh two Harley Davidson's and uh and a Rolls Royce, all caravan All his people was in it and obviously he was he wasn't in the 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 vehicle yet, but I was standing by it. And then this girl was telling me, "Hey, you, uh, you slap He said, "Hey, you know, I can't believe you worked for this guy. He's a fucking asshole." And I was just, I was just telling her, "I don't work for Mike Tyson. I work for the club. I work at Roxbury." And then as soon as I said that, slapped me from the back of the head, boom! And his hands, I'm telling you right now, is hard as nails, like. Like, his hands are no joke, <laughs> you know? So, and my brother, <laughs> and you know, I was close enough to my my one brother, that was like one of my pet peeves in life is to get slapped in the back of the head because my brother did that to me all the time right, when we yes. grew up. So, when that happened, I just got full of rage and was probably <laughs> probably some Trinballon at the time, Parabon at the time in there, mixed in there too. <laughs> And I turn around I was like motherfucker, like that, and it was Mike Tyson. So you, if you can understand what that must feel like, to turn around. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, oh, Wait
0: yeah. A oh yeah! Oh yeah!
1: Breaks but Yeah. Yeah. You. You can't think breaks. of a worst person. You cannot think of a worse hey, person. But to I'm turn on a around. Small, to. I'm on that small list of people that probably said that too. <laughs> <laughs> <It> survived. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll tell you exactly what happened he said this he goes he goes he told me to do it talking about a guy next to him but he had this high-pitched voice you understand I I, he told me to do it and then uh and I looked I said this motherfucker and it was like I was just raging I just just wanted something (laughs) right and so it was a little Italian guy next to him and he looked at him he was like he looked at Mike like like me, like I, like that, right? And then he goes, Well, what you want to do? And then he started coming at me like this, right? Oh, yeah, oh, what oh, you oh, want to oh. do? Like this. I was going, holy fuck. So I'm like, Oh yeah. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm saying this shit, right? I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. So then I'm like <laughs> pass it up. But I'm like, I'm like, okay, we about to do this. This about this is happening right now, right? And Rico was like over in the over yonder a little bit flex was like over here but it was a bunch of his guys here and this was mike and it was me and i'm backing up and i'm backing up and i'm like okay so he so people started coming in between us and i was just like and people were like oh you want to press charges do you want to press charges uh everybody's seen him do it and like that and i was just like i said i don't want to press no fucking charges i just i just want to get a lick back i just want to Something back, you know. I just want to get off right now. I, don't, I just want to get something off. I don't care about. I, I probably got a few hundred thousand dollars on that one because I'm telling you, dog. He, he hit me with a, a lot of. It was a lot of shit behind that slap, dude. I was like, dude. But the thing is, at the time, I was so pissed, and I was still mad even throughout the week. I remember telling my mother about it. And I was like, Ma, I was like. I want I to, don't, I don't, I said, this is not over. Like, we, I I need to, this is, we got to, we got to have a discussion. We got, something's got to happen, something. And I remember her just saying, just be careful and, you know, just, you know, don't lose your mind. Just, think, you know, think things through. And so I got my buddy uh, Rico and a few guys that I work with at the club and we decided the next weekend we was going to go look for Mike. So. We went to go.
2: <laughs> we, went to go- <laughs> we went to go look for Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a great there, idea. There are so <laughs> few- no there, there- there-
1: Let's go look there- for Mike Tyson. That's what we need to do. There's
2: so few people on the planet that would go look for <laughs> <with> Mike
1: Tyson. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this We're going to go look for price.
2: Mike. This is- Let's go settle the <laughs> shit.
1: Right? So- <laughs> We we go down to uh, Larry Parker's down in uh, down in uh, this is in Beverly Hills because everyone used to go there after the clubs. So it was like you are about four four or five of us. I don't remember exactly, but we get we go into Larry Parker's. He's not there. We're getting some food, so they start. Uh, so he he comes in, and they started playing like his fights and. Greatest hits or whatever. Mike Tyson was on the thing, so we see him, and then so like, okay, we're gonna start antagonizing this guy, right? So they showed the one where he got hit, and his mouthpiece comes out, and he's trying to come on the ground to pick up the mouthpiece, oh yeah. trying to put. They're showing that on the screen, so we just laughing at the top of our lungs, like <that's not laughs> laughing at the screen, like we laughing at him for getting knocked down, right? And we. Turn, and then we turn around and look at him, like, yeah, we're laughing at you, right? And then he goes, he goes, shit happens, like that. And so he started to walk to go, go to the bathroom, and uh, it was some people we knew that was in his crew that, that was, there was this one girl that we knew that he was, her job was just to buy condoms. That was her job keep his condom shit stacked that's she got paid for that shit and Re- and my, my buddy Rico knew her and then <laughs> oh my it, God. Was, uh, it was uh just different little characters he would have with him but I'm sure they're all getting paid some kind of way but he he called a, well he walked by our table and my buddy goes uh, uh Rico goes hey man why you slap my homeboy like that in the head last week at the at the at the club and he's like oh he's a big guy he could take it like that right <laughs> and so, I kind of took that as an apology and shit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, I, really I was, I was a little bigger than he was at the time. But you know, the funny thing, I've been introduced to him like a few times, and he never seemed to remember who I was. Like, every time I meet him, I'm like, "Motherfucker, you know me." Like, you can't, well, like, you can't say you see this face that many times and you don't recognize that same person. Well, if you check this out, brother.
0: Check this out. So your name, the real deal, because you look like Evander Holyfield. So know, uh, imagine, imagine, <laughs> so imagine, imagine Mike uh, <laughs> slaps you and slaps this big black guy. I know, like, this- you turn around and it's like, fuck Evander gained a hundred pounds. Fuck now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: it was that probably part. that brief second where he's thinking, oh my God, I'm in fucking trouble
1: here, man. Oh, man. <laughs> So I, took, so I, I took that as an apology, but years, you know, years later, I'm like, "What the hell was I thinking? Like, what are you? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what the hell was I, I thinking, though? Right,
0: brother, brother. There's like so say, few I'm on people. A, I'm on a
1: short list of people that I, I'm yes. sure that I can tell that that type of story.
0: Yeah, brother, I was gonna say yeah. there's so few, so few people on the planet that would try to go find Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fucking that's fucking crazy shit right there brother that is crazy shit oh my sorry, god sorry man yeah so this was this was all in that in that time period where you know you're you're just kind of you're kind of like the rock star of the uh, uh bodybuilding you're winning contest everything is just crushing for you I know when you were really partying. There was a period where you actually overdosed. I believe you said you overdosed on cocaine, uh, yeah,
1: wow, and, was, and you felt like you was, almost uh, died. <clears throat> yeah, that was in the year two thousand something. But it was, it was crazy, man. It was because, you know, like you say, there's there's depression. There's all kinds of things mixing up with, um, you know, your newbie father. You all these different things. And um, I, I mean, somehow I got myself to go with this chick I was dating. She was she. We went to some AA meetings and some stuff like that. And then it just like I just like once I admitted I had a situation, I had a problem. Then I was like, oh, I got to deal with this shit, you know? Because my mom was even like, my mom and dad was like trying to be supportive, but it was like. Every time they asked me, "Hey, you got a situation?" I was like, "No, I don't have a situation." Like that's one of the worst things I wanted <clears throat> to tell my mother, you know. But she could, she could see right through that stuff. And actually, before she passed, she actually told me all the different stuff that she she knew. But she didn't. She was just trying to <clears throat> let me walk through it and and, and get through the best way she knew how. But she just didn't want to like. But she knew a lot of stuff that I was doing or did, and you know, sometimes it'd be a party. In my house, and you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's a bunch of people all around partying for days at my house at a time. But my parents had a key, so she walked in on like twice, oh, on like everything oh going on, you know. So <laughs> yeah, wow. So I don't even know why, <laughs> but you know, they live really close. I had moved them up there so they can help me with my cooking and my cleaning and like. <laughs> You know my everyday uh things that they can do as parents and they they wanted they were very supportive and uh it was yeah it was just uh it was a crazy time but you know i got past that point and then everything died down and then it was less people around each year It'd be smaller and smaller group and then i finished on my career when it was like totally un, under control but <laughs> it was for a time it was it was a good 20 people from around the world would be in my group of people that I hung out with. And that's the thing is like people who are special people, you got to keep, you got to make sure you are keeping special people around you because a lot of times, and some of those, some of those group of people, there were good people and there were good people in their own right to where we're still friends to this day that I met just like on a whim going to a party and say, yo, come, come on, let's hang out. And we still like really close friends to this day. You know, You know, buddy of mine, uh, Shane O'Hearn, like I met just like that. And we still like such, such really close to this day. Uh, and he lived in Texas, but, you know, we'd be going through New Orleans, going through Texas, doing the whole, doing the whole deal there, you know. And you know, how New Orleans is like, they, they're looking for a reason to party in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. I'd see my... I'd <laughs> see my <laughs> And I'd see my, you know, I I, you know, I went out there and I, I party a few times or guest posed a few times up there. Uh but yeah, it was just it was, I mean, you know, at the time it was like you think you're invincible anyway. So, you know, this night, none's gonna hurt what I'm trying to do. But the only thing I wish I would have done is like kept some of the people that did clearly didn't have any type of goal in life to be an extra special person. And allowed them to be close enough to affect me in some type of way. You know, that's the one thing yeah. I do regret out of the whole thing. You know, but uh, when I got to the show, you know, it was only a couple of times that <laughs> that it was pretty pretty stupid to even partake in and stuff uh, like I did right before the show. Sometimes I'm in a. I mean, one time I was in a strip club. Just because I didn't have no, I ate all my food I, and had nothing else to do. And it was still like so early. I'm like, oh, I'll just go to a strip club. And then all these <laughs> fans were in there. What are you doing here? You should be resting. I was like, dude, I am, I'm chilling. I'm resting. I'm fine. I was just, I'm here in Chicago <laughs> competing in Olympia. And I just wanted to check out the local talent, you know? <laughs> <So he> was,
2: <laughs> wow. I love Something like that. Could you imagine? <laughs> Now, here's a question. Yeah. Could you imagine going through this period with cell phones the way we have them now?
1: No. Or
2: oh, social media.
1: Or the social media. <laughs> the
2: social
1: oh, media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I'd God. Def- I definitely probably wouldn't have made it through that period. But, but you know, what? Though? the funny thing is we had our ways to communicate and do things without all that stuff. Um, it's just that, that whatever, and think about it, we used to remember all the cell phone numbers I mean, all the phone numbers in our head. Yeah. Now we can't remember our own family members' phone number. Yeah. Just because it's so easy just to do that, you know. So. uh, And what about the emergency breakthrough? We don't have. We had the emergency breakthrough back in the day,
2: when you had somebody breaking through yourself,
1: breaking through your lines. Yeah. You know.
2: (laughs) 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 That wouldn't work.
0: Oh my God! No, yeah, different emergency
2: <laughs> breakthrough. <laughs> Very well.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, a little too well. <laughs> so That's yeah. Good so, shit. Oh my God. That's And I good know shit. this guy. And then you know, and then I had a I had a wrestling career. Uh, I went to Cal State Bakersfield. Um, I love wrestling still to this day. I love wrestling so much to watch it and. Uh, Even if you could do you know move around a little bit, but also play football. This guy can tell you that. (laughs) Yes, you did.
2: You were not a lot of fun to tackle. (laughs) He's a hell of a running back.
1: Yeah, man. (laughs) Strong safety, fullback. You know.
0: You were and you were bodybuilding through all this too. And you because you went to college for football and I believe wrestling also, but you were bodybuilding. The whole time. Yeah, so so you were developing mm-hmm. your craft as a bodybuilder pretty much
1: from the oh, time yeah, you were the whole a teen. Time. Yeah, because my mm-hmm. high school teacher, when I was like 15, thought it'd be a good idea if I tried bodybuilding. She thought it had a good body and a good frame that I could probably put some good muscle on and be this bodybuilder guy. And I was like, really? You think so? But I was actually shy also. So it was like, I didn't know how I was going to get on stage and take off all my clothes at the time. But then <laughs> it was just like... I went to the show just like 1983. I went to the show just to watch it at Palm Springs High. And uh, Mike Christian was a guest poser And uh, that was the first bodybuilder that I saw that I was like, oh, man, I, like, I want to be like this, you know. Uh, then uh, Bob Birdsong actually lived in Palm Springs. Uh, Rachel McLeish uh, <clears throat> lived in Palm Springs also. That's where I met uh, saw Matt Mendenhall. He was in Palm Springs all at the same time, but I didn't I didn't uh, get close to these people, but I I had short little conversations with these people. But I, that's when I was like, <clears throat> I went to uh, College of the Desert and played two years there, mm-hmm. and I made nope. the all state all state uh, JC team for a uh, strong safety, and uh, uh, and then I was just like, I want to be this bodybuilder. I want to. I, I stood up right out of class and left, and never went back. And, no uh, shit. Yeah, I was, I was in business. I was in business law class, and I remember. I mean, I was in business law class, and I was writing down Mister U.S., Mister Teenager California, Mister Teenage National Champion, Mister USA, Mister Olympia. And I remember I was looking at the list of Mister Olympias and competitions I wanted to win, and I just looked at the door, and I got up, and I just left, and never went back, and moved to Venice. And then that's what I was going to be doing. And that was it. Man. That was it.
0: Jesus. I'm out. Of,
1: I'm going to go do this like that. And I uh, set my mind to it.
0: And then the the, the, the chapter of Chris Cormier, the bodybuilder, starts and just got yeah. bigger and better the whole time, man.
1: Yeah, You
2: know,
0: it's funny. It's funny because you say the you know, what was stopping you from bodybuilding originally was taking your clothes off. Well, fast forward 10 years, you're on the stage. And then you don't even take your trunks off. You just rinse off and go to the club. And take your, <laughs> yeah. as, as you put put your, you know, the pants around your ankles, you, know, you, got, you, you, you got past that fear, real, real good, brother.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go figure that, huh? Oh man, that's crazy. So I, I, I got a question. So I just so, throw myself in a fire enough that it won't bother me to 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 not show how shy I really am. You know.
0: Yeah. So that's yeah, that's yeah. how it happened. So let me add, let's, let's go back. Quick question. So you said there was a couple of times where you were, you know, your mom keyed into your house and obviously there's parties going on. So what what, (laughs) does she open the door to see naked people running around and people drinking and doing all sorts of shit. It was just like,
1: did she actually make it in the house or did she just close the door? Well, someone knocked on the door, knocked on my door and I'm like laying in bed. They're like, Hey, your mom is here. I'm like, what? I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> so I go outside, and my mother's like, she's leaning on the rail like this. And I, I go outside, and I'm like, and she's like, uh, Chris, what what kind of life are you living? I remember she said, that, what kind of life are you living? Like, is this what you, like, you know, she was just like, what are you doing, man? Like, I said, Ma, I said, you can't just come in. It's like, I, you know, it's just my private private house and I'm you know whatever but she was just like man she was just like the hell how many people were in and my dad I remember my dad was like how many people would be there
0: yeah how many people she walk into was it like 25 like four, 30 people
1: yeah probably like 14 15 20 so, rock in oh the house god. baby Rocking all house. over the house
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: oh my gosh <laughs> <Lord. laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs>
1: and I remember uh, it was some days. I remember uh, when I left that situation and I went to go guest pose, but I just spent three, four days awake. And then I went to sleep. And when I woke up, just enough time to catch my plane to make it to uh, Colorado one time. And I remember <clears throat> making it to my hotel room. But you know, when you get startled out of your sleep, you just wake up. I mean, I'm waking up, and I didn't know where I was, why I was, where was I supposed to go, at what time, who was picking me up. I didn't know anything. So I was just like, "Holy shit!" So I, so I called, call around to find out all this information. Like, what am I supposed to be doing, and all this type of stuff. But it, it, so it's like, like I said, it was a strong two-year period. This wasn't throughout my whole career. Yeah, it was kind 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 of definitely wasn't at the period. end, but but that two year period, it was, it was pretty, it was nuts, man. Was like then the, the different times I'd compete before the show and after the show, there's at least 20, 20, 30 people in my room, at least. You
0: had mentioned that during that, during that two to three or two year period or that period of time that sometimes you would be, you would be high four days out of the week, but yet you're still Seven. winning shows. You're still Definitely. winning
1: shows during this period. Cause I was so, a beast. I was a beast still. I was still like, but I knew but I felt like I knew when to stop and I knew when the when the to chill and to this where I need to focus. And I was able to switch it. And I was like, boom, I gotta get to work. I gotta yeah. I gotta do this. You know, I had a uh you know, I got the Arnold Classic coming up and here I am ten weeks out, I got or whatever, twelve weeks out, fourteen weeks out. Um I spent that whole month whatever, you know, relaxing, shopping, you know, every month I'm going, I'm tightening up the wardrobe and tightening up the, <laughs> you know, so I gotta be ready. <laughs> so I'm buying like, I'm buying like six outfits every month, head to toe outfit every month, six of them. Get the and Louis Vuitton was, uh, going, all that
0: good stuff.
1: Yeah, got the, got the whole, got the Louis Vuitton going with the whole Rolex thing going and the whole just living it, you know. But it wasn't the smart way. It was, I mean, I should have been investing in stuff. And it, But then when I tried yeah. to invest in stuff, I got railroaded by people. You know, yes. I had a, this lady trying to take care of the money. So, you know, she's trying to be the accountant. I'm trying to get... Uh, I was about to try to get into this restaurant deal. That guy turned out to be a gambling degenerate that I was... Oh, no. Uh, just about, yeah, I was about to... Yeah. So... That, awesome. was, that was in Vegas when I was living in Vegas for a short time. And man, living in Vegas, boy, it was that was hard on me <laughs> at that time because I was like, shit. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> I was you waking have up to be at 2.30 every day, <laughs> going, to, going to sleep at 5, waking up at 2.30, 2.33. My whole clock was just ass backwards in Vegas. You gotta be very
2: disciplined if you live here to not get. Yeah, you gotta be. You you, you can walk out the door any time of day, 24 hours. You could be in your into.
1: Southern Southern Highlands. Southern Highlands. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would live in the Southern Highlands, but you can go get into whatever you want to get into. It's still like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you'll be into anything, you know? But. Yeah, right down the treeway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Nice, good I job. Out there, but it was, and then I lost a lot of money out there in Vegas with, uh, with that whole uh, interest, interest uh, situation. They had, you know, with all the different homes, a lot of people losing their homes out there. Mm-hmm. So that was back to California. Uh, but I had like a five bed. The house was too big. I should have went smaller. You know, this is yeah. a, uh, you know, and that's, you know, and Titus was my training partner. Uh, through some of these, sure, you know... And he sure, he sure wasn't going to keep you on the straight and narrow. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but then, no. I swear, there was a lot of pros that was trying to go that route. And I was like, no, you're not going to go that route around me. They were trying to ask me, hey, man, you know, they wanted to hang out, they wanted to do this or that. And I was like, no, man, I'm not going to be the one to show you nothing. Not me. So you got to go yeah. somewhere else if that's what you're trying to do. Because that's one thing about me. I was never trying to hurt anybody or anyone's situation or dreams or whatever. So I didn't want to be a part of that. So a lot of people uh got turned away. That's that's the kind of stuff you never hear because people don't really talk about that stuff. But I was I I was uh even people that trained with me or whatever, I was nothing but a positive influence on their their their, their life. You that's know? cool, man. That's really cool, brother. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. So, so check this
0: out. There's been a lot of times, <clears throat> a lot of people have said over the course of your career that, you know, that uh, they'd seen you come into the hotel uh, early morning, <laughs> early morning
2: the of, judges. The
0: of, the, of the day of the show.
2: Yes. The damn judges.
0: So, <laughs> so, so here's the question. How many shows do you, you stay up all night and then literally just not not go to sleep and go go to the show. How many how many shows did you do that way?
1: Uh, couple. It was a couple. It was a couple. One was uh, uh, the Olympia. Mm-hmm. I ended up taking third, and one was uh, won the show in uh, San Francisco. Well, <laughs> <And,
2: laughs> it's really unusual, but it really works for you. The only only reason (laughs) in
1: San Francisco because I ate so much in between shows. We were on a tour and I was like 270 some pounds and I had to compete the next day. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do whatever I gotta do to lose as much weight as possible. (laughs) Whatever, (laughs) you know. But but this this is this this... and I ended up winning the show and then went Right back to hanging out soon as the show was over. But I won the show and I took third in the show. That's the time that I can say those two. Those two times, it was definitely not not what I'd recommend. But that's what happened.
0: Well, brother, you make it. You somehow you made it work. Let me me just make sure I got this straight. You said one of these was Mr. Olympia, the biggest show on the planet. You didn't go to sleep. You got you got your competitors are all taking two, three days of doing nothing but trying to dial in. And you're out partying the night before. You stroll in you at five, six in the morning to the hotel, clean yourself up and, and go to prejudging. This this is crazy. And that's literally how it went.
1: That's how it went.
0: Dude. That's how it went. That, that's you know, wow. that's insane. That's insane. I mean, it's it's a, it I mean it it's it's crazy the fact that it was actually possible. You know, because you you think of now, especially now with the protocols and all the things that the guys go through to get to that that place they need to be. Hell, man, yeah. your place your place was in a strip club until four in the morning the night
1: before the Olympia. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I said, uh, people, yeah, it's from that ninety nine to yeah. So yeah, man, it was just crazy, and then like I said, it was. There's so many guys and there's so many girls around, and it was so many people around. That was like, you know, some people not here anymore, you know, obviously, but it was like, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a roller coaster, man. It was like, but I remember sometimes some people would be like Chris, like, what are you doing? Like, I remember Dorian called me into his room one time. He was in Vegas, and he was like, he was like, don't, he was like. And that's when I started calming down when he was like, you don't want to be that guy in a rocking chair wondering what if I would have did this differently or what if I would have done that differently. You, you have what it takes to be anything you want to be. And he was telling me you, uh, you just need to get the, get the right training, the right atmosphere, the right everything. And you can, you can do it all, you know, and that's, that's when things started clicking. It was all around the same time uh, he he called me into his room. And that was, that was still, like, the night he called me into his room, it was only him in his room. He had a huge room in Vegas. I remember I was, like, looking at the clock, like, shit, I'm supposed to be at the fucking club right now. And I'm in here talking to Dorian about the shit I shouldn't be doing. I like, what? God. I'm like,
2: oh, Oh
1: my God. You get the, you get, you I'm get like, the pep stock. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we got, I should be. Because I was going to, we were trying to plan on me coming to train with him in in Austra- in, in uh, England. And we were like, okay, we're going to make it happen. And then when I did, when I was like, okay, this is the year, I'm going to, you know, going to put all in, I'm going to go. And even Mr. Manuel was, Asking me, hey man, he's like you should go and train with Dorian, and uh, he's Jermaine does nothing but gave me the best uh, advice or talks, you know, of my career. To where he was like, you know, he really showed that he, he wanted me wanted the best for me, and he he cared about what was transpiring. You know, I remember one time I just stayed out. And I was in Texas and I, we were walking into the show and he was like, I said, what are you going you gonna to be a rock and roll star? You want to be a bodybuilder? Which is it, Chris? Like that. And I remember it like struck me like, damn, like he's fucking. is really looking like that, you know, um, when I set out. And and by the way, like even growing up in Palm Springs, no one would have ever thought that I hung out or whatever. They just, they just know me as being a. From. My neighborhood days on up to trying to be, uh, you know, one of the best in the world at something, they were like, they never, they never that, that, those paths never crossed because people did a lot of stuff in the neighborhood I grew up in, but it was never like something that I was ever even thought of, you know, never even fathomed like to have a situation like that involved in my career and uh, something I need to, you know, even worry about because it was just, I was never that person. So like I said, it was, and that only came about because some people that I like my my core was Flex, Rico, myself, it was us three. And then it was, then it became four because there was Paul DeLette. So when Paul DeLette came into our circle, it was just us four. And then uh, we ate, slept, trained, ate, cardio, trained, slept, cardio, trained, worked, all together. We never was uh, apart. So when that started to slowly go apart, that's when other people started creeping in, and that's when everything started creeping into my life. So I think, um, with that being said, that's when, when I was saying, you got to watch your circle because, yeah. you know, like I say, even if you're not that type <laughs> of person, that's just creeping in just because you're friends with this person. I was saying, yeah. Oh, this is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. This, is, you know, and the shit I was seeing happening behind all of that shit, I was like, "Oh shit, really?" You know, so it was it's just that quick. I'm sure the same thing happened with Mike Tyson. You know, I'm, yeah. here, I'm sure of it.
0: So check this out. <clears throat> you know, you talked about Dorian giving you a, a pep talk, and <clears throat> I know there's a lot of really, really top guys back in your era that and Ronnie Coleman being one of them saying point blank, if if Chris would have focused and paid attention to more detail, he probably could have been an Olympia also. What, what do you feel? Do you feel like if you'd stayed in that, if, if that group with you Rico and Flex and Paul, the it stayed together t- talk to us about no, what you think would have happened.
1: Yeah, I think for sure that would have happened. Um, it's, you know, it's funny because people take, Steroids take whatever they can take to get to make to, to make it to this level of excellence and of uh, physicality, to where it's like they're just an in in Adonis and they're one of the, the best. And then there's there's also a form of uh, almost like afraid. You're afraid of the success of what all that comes and what all comes with it, you know, or, and you do those, I, I, I just think, I'm not saying that I was, that I know, I know people like Flex, uh, we always dealt with little mental little things, little glitches that got into our, uh, into our program to where it was like, we didn't, we didn't, That wasn't our our goal was to actually make it happen, but then when it was right there to happen, you know, are you willing to do those extra little things? You know, and that's the the people that went as far as Major Olympia, uh, Jay, uh, Dexter, Ronnie, um, uh, Dorian, Lee Haney. Yeah. <laughs> those guys was able to do those guys were able to do that and I think uh, that's what separates the actual number one from the number two I was yeah. definitely one of the top two or two, whatever but I know there was a day where I actually had the top physique in the world. I don't know which actually what day that was it may not even have be been a competition that day, but I know I had the best physique on the planet for sure. And, and the best part is you were probably in the strip club all night the night before. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so believe, hey,
1: but listen though, but but to you know, but also think about how many shows I did. I like 73, 75 pro shows. That's amazing. That's shows. And and think about the hormones that are provided for you to do those shows. So think how horny you are most of the time <laughs> doing our show like you, you can't how are you gonna blame the one when it's, it's like it came along with the job you know it was yeah. just like it was in, and if you're already you know on the on a better side of testosterone as a good as a good athlete you're on a better side of testosterone normally so I mean just think you know you're putting gasoline on the fire and then you're expecting <laughs> whatever, and whatever comes out of it. Then, you know, it's like, oh, that's you. Right. You know, anyway. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. that's,
1: yeah. that's fucking
0: great, brother. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> so when, you.
2: When,
0: if, if you were to obviously there was the major distractions was, you know, the women, the drugs, obviously just the people in general. But if you had to say if you had to say what was more distracting to your success was it the women or was it the substance of course they work hand in hand but well, you had like, to well, single yeah, one out
1: because you, i think more more of the different females that i was involved with was definitely way more because it was never it's not i mean it's, it wasn't like oh man i like could it, it just everything came along with that i mean the the, the sex drugs and rock and roll is all is all blurred together right? all tied into one yeah yeah so uh well like i said uh but i had i had an amazing run because i i mean i i was really close with Robbie Robinson when i was very young 19 20 21 i'm training with, with Robbie Robinson already and he was they were all teaching me him and uh, uh Gary Stratem all these people was in my mm-hmm. life pretty deep to where I knew how to be a pro long before I was a pro. I was getting deep tissue massage done as a teenager. I was, I was going through rounds and rounds and rounds of posing and training with the best of the best from a young age. So I knew it was going to happen because I knew, I knew what I needed to know to get there before I got there. So I just feel like, you know, I pressured the hell out of myself and, uh, you know, I was like, I'll do a show. I'm like, okay, if I don't place in the top five, I'm not doing this no more. I need to go do something else. It was like strong pressure for me to do well. And uh, it was, uh, and when, you know, when, when different sponsors came about to where you, you know, you had to, you had Joe Weir saying, hey, if you, each of you qualified, you need to do that show. And they kept asking me to do the honor Classic. So they kept asking me to do this show and that show. So I'm doing, like I said, 10 shows a year. I think that was the biggest thing that kept my mind. Like, I'm so pressured to do all these shows, you know? So I think just competing so much took its toll, you know? Because a lot of people don't do 10 shows. A lot of these guys do three, four shows, and they're going crazy. So yeah. just think about doing five shows over, over a 10-year period <clears throat> every every six months. Yeah. With wow. the best of the best. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, you were always locking horns with the best. You there was no in those yeah. days there there was no there was no easy show to go to, you
1: know? No. no. Yeah.
0: That, yeah, that's and and you said you competed over 70 times. I mean that's that's amazing.
1: That's as a pro, but even as a teenager, I was doing a show every week at some time. I remember when I was 18, I did I did uh 10 shows in a year as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So wow. it was it was just something that uh you know coming from a wrestling tournament and then have the next week having a bodybuilding tournament you know I've done that stuff you know when I was eighteen like that so it was you know I was just stand super busy at what I love to do and I want to compete and uh, yeah. even the people that I train today or or help or 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 mentor. I just let them know what my experiences was, and I've experienced a lot of different things on both sides of the coin, and uh, I, I um, but I am happy to have helped people win world championships and uh, national championships and USA yeah. championships, and all these different yeah, that's to a be huge a part of this, their journey. Yeah, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. No question. You be- you become one of the top, uh, you know, in terms of coaching and. And just the advising yeah. and all, yeah. everything when it comes to helping a competitor get to the top, you're, you're at the top yeah, of the top of the game sure. again, sure. again, brother. Which is, I mean, that's you. <laughs> when you do something, you're going to get to the top, which is really fucking cool. You
1: know? <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. <clears throat>
0: yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: So I got a quick question here in terms of <clears throat> your air. There's all sorts of talk about when you like your air of competing and level of conditioning versus today. You know, you hear, you hear so many people, all oh, the guys today just aren't conditioned like they were back in the day. And then you hear people say, Oh, it's the drugs. Oh, it's people don't suffer. Oh, it's this let's, let's hear the real deals definition of what's going on here.
1: Um, well, I mean, it's easy to look at a generation and be like, Hey, they didn't look like we did. And I'm sure. uh The generation before myself was like Lee Haney, Leo Abrada. There was uh, people who are in the middle of that, like Sean Ray. He was like, he was like right there uh, in the show that I was doing. But I actually met Sean in high school. So he was, it was still, uh, he was sort of like an equal in age, but he was still progressed a lot faster than we did. He was shorter than we were. So that has something to do with, but I just think the look look that they were having, we tried to emulate it. And I think, you know, insulin started to come in to play. When that started, people started changing their look. Um, this, This group of athletes, I feel like they're in awe of the vacuum, and we wasn't in awe of the vacuum. That's just that's the that's the new generation uh, thing because it it was just part of the pre, it was a just part of the program is to understand how to vacuum your stomach and all that stuff. It was just part of it. No one cared every time I did a vacuum, no one, no one made a post about it or anything like that, or a story about it. It was just part of it. <laughs> and then this group of people got really into the strided glutes. A lot of these guys have striated glutes, but they don't have striations in the quads, but they do in the glutes. They don't have separation throughout the... They don't care about looking like an anatomy charge. They're just a bigger version of everything. Swollen, swollen, look like, you know, just like a big, big, you know, big muscles, big this and that. But I think we we're just more into the detail at the time. I don't think you can say... Uh, Particularly, it just depends. And also, we're, we have the symmetry round in our day. They don't have the symmetry round now. So you don't. Yeah. So if you got to get ready for the no, symmetry round. Yeah, some of these guys in first place are ready just from the symmetry alone. Second place, second round was the, the muscularity round. Third was the posing. And then there was the, the, the pose down. So there we have four different categories. They only have two categories now. So it's muscularity and then the posing. Uh, the pose down so they don't it, it's just a different game now it's not a game where you're going to do uh five different rounds of just quarter turns like it's not the thing now you get you might do you might be lucky to do a full set of quarter turns warned one time or two times in the show when before we'll do it seven times so i think yeah i think a lot of these different uh, aspects changed what we're actually looking at yeah <clears throat> and now you know, so, go a little yeah, further clearly. talking
0: about the judging i know the judging clearly has got to be leading a lot of this because if they're rewarding what they're rewarding in your day we'd be seeing different physiques so what do you think about the judging
1: well i mean it's the same judges it's the same judges i had when i was a teenager and the same judges i had when i was a, in the uh the national level and the pro level it's the same people so they know what they're looking at. Um, you know the athletes themselves; they're showing up with this look or that look. It's not like they don't—they know what it, they know what it is. They they didn't forget, just like I didn't forget. You know, I, and but I don't lower my standards. What I like to look at, so yeah, I don't. But I'm not gonna beat the guys down. And plus, before you can talk any kind of way no one cared no one cared about who said whatever (laughs) how they put it but now you can't talk like that these days so you just gotta just gotta like i just try to be supportive of the people you know what my my thing is now if you look like you work hard i'm a fan of what you're doing
2: i'm a fan of that
1: you're working hard and you look like you work hard i'm a fan of that no matter what the shape or the or the size of it. I just want to see people who look like they they fucking put it down in the gym. You know? Yeah. So and that's what I think you need to try to focus on more as this next generation is they, you know, a lot of people want to see what you're taking, what they take, how much it was. I don't think that's the 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 standpoint of what you should be focusing on. I think you should focus on how can I make myself better in the gym? How can I how can I develop this part of my physique. How can I sharpen my posing? how can I sharpen my and and get with the people who's done that to the point to where they, you know, kind of mastered it. Cause it got watered down to some person is teaching you taught this person, that person trying to teach somebody else that same, that same day or that (laughs) same week. Uh, And then it's just getting watered down information from how many, cause how many coaches did we have back then? How many coaches do we have now? Yeah. These a, coaches, yeah. some are mad <laughs> scientists, people. <laughs> some people they, mm-hmm. some people never coached a day in their never competed a day in their life, but they they some of the coaches that people were are paying to, to coach them. Um we didn't have that situation. And we tried to help each other a lot of times back then. Like right like we were on tour, I'm with with uh, uh Kevin LeBron. Uh, Dexter Jackson, people like that, we can go to each other's room and help us put protein on each other's back. But now you won't see that person. No one talks to, they won't even be talking to where you can't even get any type of help or any type of information. Because I know people was doing trade secrets You know, back then, you know, depending on how good you were, how people would talk to you. They were, you were really good and they were like, oh, you might beat me. Then someone might be not so easy to give you some information or some type of help uh, what can make you uh, what allow you to beat them but nowadays I think it's just uh, everyone is uh, it's just a little different different pack of people now you know but I feel yeah. like I feel like for the most part if they I don't know I don't know I just don't I, it's, it's not like they're not dieting because I didn't I didn't have those type of ripped up boots like that. That wasn't my look. But that was never my goal. Cause I was on tour with people who was never longer was not there anymore. I was on tour with uh with Munzer. I beat Munzer mm-hmm. many times. But uh that guy was always shredded. Always Yeah. But that was <laughs> yeah, like just
2: paper thin so, skin
1: all the time. Yeah. And but when people would pass something like that, I'd be like, hey, that's that's not what I'm for, I'm going for a healthy Lee Haney style looking physique. I'm healthy. I can cut. I got striations. I got shape. I just need some little bit more fullness, and then I'm gonna go and compete. But that's the look I was going for. I was never trying to be the most ripped guy in, a, in any stage. That was never my goal. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> yeah. Kind of, it was really interesting to hear your take about all these different generations and all the different influence, which then, you know, kind of changes the look as time goes on. That's a great perspective. You know, another question I've been, I'm really, really uh, want your take on is what is your perspective? You know, what are your thoughts on all of that? There's been a whole lot of death in bodybuilding in a real short period of time. What, what's give, give us your
1: take on that. Um, Like say, another one today. For, for instance, when I was, <clears throat> In the hospital for the the spinal infection, and mm-hmm. um, that's what derailed the whole thing. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I fought back and forth mentally about you know the mind fuck that comes along with not being able to do what you, uh, what your goal was all your life, and not being mm. able to do it anymore, not be able to compete anymore. And then um, the doctor, I remember he was telling me, he said, "Chris, you got the largest heart I ever seen." in my entire life. And he said, that's not good at your, I was like 295 pounds at the time. Uh, and he was like, I was like, but at the time I got this warrior attitude, like, but this is what I do. You know, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, Doc, this is what I do, man. This, this is what, what I do, yeah.
2: Perfect.
1: I want to go out on my shield, you know? I want to go out on my shield. Fuck it, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and then he was, and I was like, you have a dangerous job too, doc. You might get a a life threatening disease at any given time in this hospital, but you do it. And he was like, yeah, that's true. I said, yeah. So this is what I do, you know, but as a couple of years, you know, at that time went on, I felt like I was in a bubble of, I was still in that same bubble. Like, I mean, I was smoking weed in the hospital, like I was (laughs) straight. Definitely in the bubble that wasn't right. <laughs> like, like I, what, I would do what things. Are, what, what are they?
0: What are they saying when you're smoking weed in the oh hospital? God.
2: What,
0: what the fuck? What <laughs> is oh, <laughs> uh, see, this? What well, is, good is thing the good thing is, is you, you say <laughs> This is, see, this is a shit that that this is the real deal shit right here, brother. I love it. Smoking dope in Oslo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, and shit. so so then when he uh, so then I said, uh, you know, I, I freaked out when I came out of the coma I was in the coma for like a month and a half. I came out and I was like, dude, I need to get out of this hospital like I need to get out. Uh, so I, I actually checked myself out. Through the infection and went to a hotel for about a week. And uh, that's when I was like, man, I just want to play my PlayStation and I want to chill and just you know just like get out of. because i have claustrophobia. because i just from wrestling from the from the stand in the saunas with all these guys trying to lose cut weight and all this stuff i develop a strong case of, of uh uh you know i can't be any smaller space like that I, i'm yeah. just like so crazy and uh so i so I was getting claustrophobic in the hospital. I felt like the walls were coming down and the, the ceiling was getting low. on me. I said I had to get out of there. So then I came back. When I came back, then there was then they had a security guard watching me all the time. And they, I had to share a room with this guy who was sort of prejudiced old guy that was <laughs> popping the N-word every five minutes. Oh, and, fuck. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. And sitting on the cell. And, oh, my God. And popping <laughs> and I was like, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, just like, i like, yeah. I'm just like whipping my curtains back, uh, talking to me. I'm like, leave me the fuck <laughs> alone, dude. I'm yeah. <laughs> doing my time to yeah. get out of here, right? So, <laughs> Jesus. so I was yes. so so People, at, that, man. at that time, but but back to what I was saying. Uh, to have a person tell me, and my heart was extra large, and I stand a chance of maybe having a heart attack, and still not, you know, understanding the 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 warning signs of that, mm. then. You know, I think a lot of that goes on uh, to this day. So fast forward into we've been through this pandemic the last couple of years. Um, who knows exactly what's happening with with that, you know? So is it the pandemic? Is it some of the stresses from the pandemic? Is it the, is it the you know, people with heart issues? I've, I've seen a lot of athletes in a whole uh, passing away, you know, not just bodybuilders, but... Sometimes. I think it's been really sensitive because we have a small group of uh, people in this community to where uh, now, uh, you know, you, you got a question and know what exactly what it is. Is it something we signed up for years ago and the 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 chickens just coming home to roost or is it got to do with the pandemic? Who knows, but... Uh, uh, I know a lot of us signed up for that to where you might shave some years off your life. That was just uh, part of what, you know, what um, people signed up for, I think. The reality but, of the situation. But when, but, you know, when you're a lot heavier than what you actually should be carrying for your age and your whatever, I mean, you got you to be having a close relationship with a doctor, making sure you're okay. Making sure you yeah. uh, everything's working mm-hmm. right, you got the right uh, blood flow, cir- um, circulation, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just, I just, I don't know exactly. What. I don't know who's getting vaccinated, not getting vaccinated. Doesn't make a difference. Is it a? Is it a, a? Are you rolling a dice with that or not? I don't know, but it's been an awful lot. It's been really. Uh, and then even like when they had this fake death with uh, with uh, Victor Richards, that was kind of fucked up. Yeah, because, that was weird. Yeah, because someone that did really that to weird. me. Someone did that to me years ago when I was living in Vegas. But I was I was just so happy I went to Vegas. I was living in Ve- I lived in Vegas, but I was also staying and training in L.A. So I went to L.A. I went to Vegas one night around twelve midnight. I started driving, and I got there around four. Instead of going to my place in Southern Highlands, I kept going into the city, and then I, I went straight to uh, uh, what is this place called? Uh, Dres. So I ended up going, oh, going straight to straight to Dres, <laughs> and then from Dres, I went to a, <laughs> I went to a hotel, a hotel party, a hotel room party, and that's why I ended up, you know, going to sleep. It's like I woke up. I woke up the next morning with like 200, 250 phone calls in my phone, 250 missed calls, and someone said I had passed away, that they they said I went to Vegas, and I never showed up, and something must have happened to me. They just considered me dead. So they called my parents, my, my family, everyone thought I was actually oh dead. Oh, my gosh. When I was just like, Holy it shit. was just a miss. huh? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that's that, happened, that happened. to me once or twice in the sport where people said, "Yeah, Chris is dead," and this and that. And also, yeah. The second time was when I was in the coma. I think people were selling my cars and doing all kinds of crazy shit back then when they thought oh, I was not going to make it through the through the coma. You know.
0: <laughs> that goes. That goes right back wow. to you saying that you got you, the wrong people around you, man. They're they're fire yeah. selling your
1: shit. Above them, <laughs> <blood> they think <take laughs> your are
0: you're checking <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: Fucking awards missing. All kinds of shit is missing. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was fucked yeah, it was up. crazy. So, brother, as we kind of turned, you know,
0: you you spoke of earlier in your, I think it was early in your uh, your movie, you talked about you actually at one point you were homesick because you missed your mom. You got a great relationship with your mom. And myself, I'm a fucking straight up mama's boy. So I understand that completely. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm still to this day a mama's boy. You know, you know, and obviously, any time our moms find out that we've been up to no good, it's fucking breaks our hearts. What what was it like for you when, when your mom, when your mom finally basically kind of when she,
1: when she kind of let you know that, hey, I know what's been going on. Oh, it was just it was shocking. It was shocking because you think you're getting over, you think you're like smarter than 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 the average bear type of person, and. (laughs) And they, they don't know that at their age, they don't they don't know but they know. They know, <laughs> yeah. they know yeah. darn well. She, she had you, she had you, she knows everything about you. Yes. She knows every so, movement, every facial expression, she knows everything about you. You cannot fool your parents for sure. That is yeah. a no. You just can't do it. People think yeah. you can, and uh, they think you you think growing up, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. But even my dad was like, my dad was like, man, I had to pretend I was all pissed off at you when I would see I was like, I would have been doing the same shit, too. <laughs> yeah, I was you're, going to pretend I was oh, pissed off because of yeah. my mother yeah, would be mad at you.
0: Your, your mom comes home and says, can you? I went in Chris's house yeah, and there was I'm naked people. Know. Up there, you
1: Because know? they, they were cleaning up. <laughs> they were.
0: Yeah. And your dad inside is going, yes, boy, go get yeah, him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> my boy. was. <went> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually kind of know what that's like because uh, yeah, my boy with his with his girlfriend, right? Had to, had to give him a little bit of lecture, that's it. but then kind of kind of like a fist bump on the way down. Like, but
1: you like my wife's room. sitting
2: there losing her mind, yeah, boy, just screaming and yelling
1: stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't that, be doing that, you. Oh uh, shit, that's.
0: That's too fucking funny, brother. That is, that is, that is, <laughs> that is fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, brother, I got to tell you, we really appreciate you coming on. But before we go, there's one thing that I, I want to ask you in terms of, you know, you. I mean, you've been you've what you've done is amazing, not to mention how you've done it with, you know, with the distractions you've had. And you've had such a, a positive influence on the sport in general. And now as a coach, even more so, you know, like I said, anything you choose to do, you do it and you do it all the way and you become great at it, which is amazing. So what is, what is Chris Cormier's legacy? What is it that when it's all over, you know, when, when you're gone, what is it that you want to
1: be remembered for? Well, I mean, I started out, people doubted me the whole time was I able to do it, was I able to be that person. Um, uh, that I wanted to be in the sport was I able to accomplish, you know, winning as many shows as I won and, uh, persevering through all the stuff, the the good and the bad. I mean, even taking second in the Arnold passage six years in a row, six years in a row, wasn't easy to deal with mentally, you know, but I found myself, you know, coming back time after time, trying to win that, that, uh, that show, um, I think, you know, being able to go full circle, um, full circle as far as me promoting the Chris Comer classic, which is uh, May 21st of this year in Milwaukee, um, Nice, my fourth one, fourth one. So that's a whole nother enjoyment for me to give back to the sport. that gave me everything, um, and that's why it's hard for me to hear people talking bad about the sport because no one made anyone do what they did to get to this point. No one made you. Yes, you wanted yeah. to do this. Don't talk shit yeah. and still trying to make money off it while you're talking shit about it. You're still yeah. trying to still trying to get clients, but you're still talking shit because you didn't yeah. get what you wanted out of it. You know, and that's one thing um, I pride myself on not trying to blame anybody for anything that I did or chose to do. Um, I had the opportunity to do uh, to compete all around the world, Uh, meet so many people, so many good people. And um, just you know, like I said promoting. Also um, I want to promote more. I want to get some shows in other countries. I want to do even more so so I'm, I'm not there yet. Also want to teach what I've learned in the last 30-some years, almost 40 years now, uh, in the gym, you know, through some affordable ways to do so. But it's going to be a give and take, but affordable ways to do so. And just to be yeah. like, this is the way you get the blueprint to make all this stuff happen. You just have to follow the blueprint and you will be, you will succeed on your own uh in your, your own lane, your own lane and your physique. I can't make <clears> everyone <throat> look like Ronnie Coleman or make everyone look like Jay Cutler, but for yourself, I know I can change your, 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 uh, your look or improve it to, to the best of your ability or that, that individual's ability. And also, um, yeah, so once all that's done, then I can feel like yeah I'm at the end of the end of the uh, uh, end of the race that I started uh, many years ago. But I'm not done till I do all those things. But I wanna, I still wanna continue on with the Chris Cormier Classic, uh, hopefully in China, hopefully in Brazil, and then uh, hopefully uh, another part of uh, of America. But that's that's my goal right now. That's that's what I wanna leave behind that that legacy. That's really cool, brother. Well, like I
0: said, man, you've affected a lot of people here. And, uh, you know, you're still doing it. And and now you're doing it in a way where you can take people that are coming in and you can give them your knowledge and your knowledge is priceless brother. So I got to say, you, this was so much, having so much, so much fun having you on, we're going to definitely have to do another episode with you if you're cool with it, because <laughs> yeah. hell, all we did was bullshit and <laughs> talk about all the crazy stuff. Hell, We didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even talk much about competing and a whole lot of other stuff. So yeah, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll definitely do it again in, in the future. Sure, Nick, yeah. You got any- know,
1: man, anytime, any brother, anytime.
2: Yeah. Nick, you got anything else for Chris before we go? <laughs> No, it was just an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure doing this with you, and I'm just glad I don't have to tackle you. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> once was plenty. So, thank you so much for everything, and it's
1: it's Thanks, amazing guys.
2: what the kids are going to be able to learn from you. So, thank you.
1: Oh, for sure. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you, brother. Always good to see you, yeah. Nick, man. Like a, you Thanks. always greet me so, with a smile and a. And a big old hug every time I see you. So I appreciate that, man. Not forgetting about the little bro. And uh, (laughs) yeah, man. That's it.
0: That's
1: That's it. it. Well,
0: that's good to see you. That's going to do it for another edition of Legends of Iron. We will see you next time. Of Iron is brought to you by Muscle Mets, the creator of Carnivore. Carnivore is the most powerful beef protein on the planet.